Brought to you by Soul Fire Productions. Hello and welcome to Mother the Mother. I am McLean McGowan. This podcast is an offering for all women to gather energetically, sister to sister, mother to mother, to co-create a sacred space for healing, educating, and sharing as we journey through motherhood and womanhood. It is such an incredibly powerful moment in time to be a woman, and I thank you for showing up on behalf of yourself and for all of the women in your lives, past, present, and future, to honor our matriarchal lines, all who came before, and all who will come after. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Mother of the Mother podcast. I am your host, McLean McGowan. And as usual, it is such a gift to be here with you. Truly, 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 I know how busy we all are. And it's never wasted on me that you're taking time out of your busy life and your day to listen to some words that I have to say. So thank you for showing up and thank you for being here. And as usual, this is a co-creation for all of us. So I really want to know what's on your heart, what's on your mind, what you want to hear talked about, um, because this is for all of us. This is a communal offering that has always been the intention behind the Mother the Mother podcast, and it continues to be as we walk this spiral of womanhood and motherhood, which keeps on keeping on life as we know it keeps evolving and changing and transitioning. And here in Los Angeles, we are deep into springtime now, and it feels so good. I feel very alive and buoyant and have a lot more energy. And I've really just taken a break from the outside world. And yeah, sure, that could be looked at as denial. It could be looked at as naive. But when I do read anything or see anything, um, that is what I would believe to be on the more truthful side of what's actually happening. Um, it's all pretty overwhelming. Uh, I don't watch mainstream news. I don't trust or believe in mainstream news for the most part. So, um, very aware of what I'm watching and listening to and, um, those around me and, um, just how much the addiction to fear plays out around us. And, um, you know, we're at this moment in time, we've been in this wonky, weird, unknown portal for two years now, which feels insane to actually say that out loud. You know, the two weeks has turned into two years. And um, now as things have lifted, I'm not fully trusting them. I think, you know, there's a whole barrage of new things that will be happening, but it's really fascinating to see people clinging on to their, um, their fear and that old saying of Stockholm syndrome. It's really, really sad, but also really fascinating to see what the human mind wants to do, um, to cage itself. So anyway, how are you doing? What's going on in your world? I thought I would start us off with a card pull. I'm going back to the original Earth Warriors Oracle by Alana Fairchild. You know, I love this deck. It's my fave. Letting the card that we all need to hear today be revealed to us so that we can better walk our path. Learning the lessons that we are ready to learn. Receiving all the abundance and blessings that we are now open, willing, and ready to receive. Mm. 
Ho'oponopono, Immeasurable Power of the Heart Way. I love this card. You might have heard of the Ponopono. It's the Hawaiian prayer. Okay, so if you want, if you're able to, if you're not driving or mothering at the moment, take a moment to come into your breath, come into your body. Maybe it's your first time today that you've actually done a body scan and actually asked yourself how you're feeling, how you're doing today. Just taking a beat to scan the body from the crown of the head, the crown chakra, down to the toes and the feet, moving through all the chakra system. Tuning in with your organs and your breath and your blood and your womb space and your heart space. Noticing where you might feel tender today, where you might feel strong and energized, where you might feel a bit constricted and without judgment. We're not trying to fix anything. We're just witnessing where we are today. And then allowing the breath to deepen us into our bodies. Fully realizing that every breath that we take is a gift, is a miracle. So how are we showing up for this miracle today? If you're able to stay quiet, allowing the nervous system to release and neutralize itself. If you're lying down, you can bring one palm to your heart, one palm to your womb space. If you're lying in bed nursing your baby, one hand on your baby's heart, linking your two heartbeats together. And as women, these are our two powerhouses, our heart space, our heart chakra, and our womb space, our belly, our uterus, our navel point. So yoking these together, bringing them together, harmonizing them so that we can come from our power. And that's why guttural noises, yelling, screaming when you need to, releasing out through the gut and the belly, abdominal strength, all of that really is important for us, for our longevity. Letting go of the the vanity side of it, but just purely as our instrument of body, mind, and soul, the core is really important for that. I've just actually started karate and we use that when you do a forceful movement, you, the ki, you, you yell out from your core. And I, it's really fascinating how much extra strength that gives you. So you can, you can just keep the eyes closed and I'll read. It'll be a couple of minutes of story time. Pono Pono, immeasurable power of the heart way. The heart has the power to heal in a way that the mind cannot understand. Do not allow your mind to distract or frighten you. You are a beautiful child of the universe and divine love lives within your heart. A willing heart is all that you need to transform any situation that is troubling you. Recognizing this power does not evoke feelings of pressure or anxiety, but rather of peace and joy. Lightness of heart and relief of mind are here for you now. The divine within your heart has the power to transform a situation that is troubling you. Do not be intimidated or think it is too much for you or the divine to handle. Do not allow yourself to intellectualize or analyze the situation to the point of feeling confused or paralyzed. Healing through the heart on any and all issues that have plagued you or loved one can and will happen. Let your heart feel the faith it needs to feel so that it can rest in joy. 
Divine healing wants to flow abundantly for you. Open up to receive it without hesitation or condition. Pono, in the Hawaiian tradition, has deep and multiple meanings, one expression of which is the return to order. There is a perfection of peace, beauty, and fulfillment that the divine has planned for the lives of all beings. Through the use of human free will, we have at times moved away from what is in the divine plan, stumbled on the path, and become ensnared in terrible suffering and frightening delusion. This can become contagious, infecting other souls with a poison of hate, anger, and fear, and further separating our human collective from the beautiful grace that the divine has intended for us. It then becomes difficult to use our free will with wisdom, and our spiritual disconnection can create far-reaching negative impact for others in the planet. One only needs to see the pain in the world to understand this. Yet there is a simple spiritual discipline that we can practice to restore the world and all hearts within it to rights again. The divine dwells in your heart as a healing power and wisdom, which tenderly alleviates suffering, liberating the body, mind, and soul. This is the immeasurable power of the heart way. In the Hawaiian tradition from which it emerges, it is known as Ho'oponopono, or to set things right. The heart power thrives through the simple four-step practice that can be done by anyone, anywhere, for any reason or situation that they would wish to transform. This may seem unexpectedly easy, and it is. So why isn't everyone just doing this and healing the world right now? This is because only those who have come far enough on their spiritual path to have placed the heart wisdom above the dictates of the mind will be able to accept the practice. The practice itself is not something that you can approach through the mind. The mind will resist it because it asks for us to take unconditional responsibility for everything that we encounter. Whether it be in our own lives or out in the world, even if those situations seem to have nothing whatsoever to do with us. The moment something comes into our awareness, we are responsible for it. The mind can rebel at this and say that it is unfair or unduly burdensome or shaming to think in that way. That is because the mind confuses responsibility with guilt and giving with deficit. The heart, though, is joyful at the prospect of spiritual responsibility because it understands that it offers the empowerment to make a difference and that healing one helps heal all. This oracle foretells of great healing for you as you open your heart to Pono. The healing process. Choose a person or situation to which you can offer healing. Gaze at the image of the card. Recognize the heart power depicted. Place a hand on your heart as you tap into the beauty of your heart, including the feelings of compassion, goodwill, and wanting all things to know that they are loved and do not deserve to suffer. When you feel that heart connection, you are ready to complete the four simple steps without them having to make sense to you in your mind. Feel the truth of what is happening in your heart as you complete the process. There are four steps that I'll say aloud now. Step one, I'm sorry. Say aloud, I am responsible for this situation. I feel so sorry for this. Let your heart be in compassion as you might feel the emotion that is evoked by what you are saying. Step two, please forgive me. Ask for forgiveness. You don't need to think whom you are asking of it. Just say, please forgive me. As you speak these words, feel the remorse you connected with in step one. 
As you ask to be forgiven, those of you sensitive to energy may feel or sense a release of energy taking place. Step three, thank you. Say, thank you. Again, it doesn't matter if you have a sense of whom or what you are thinking. Before you even say the words, you may already feel the gratitude that begins to pour through you. This will increase as you say the words. Step four, I love you. Again, this will evoke a response in the soul, this time an outpouring of love. You may feel this consciously, but even if you don't, trust that it is happening. Just go with the process and say, I love you. Let yourself feel love as you say the words. And then you place your hands in prayer and relax. And so it is. So just to go over that one more time, step one, I'm sorry. Step two, please forgive me. Step three, thank you. Step four, I love you. And that really lends itself to life is happening for us, not to us, right? Because we are acknowledging that we're a part of everything. We're part of the mix. So I love this Pono Pono prayer. It always hits me pretty deeply when I read that. So feel free to continue listening with eyes closed if you want. Um, If not, gently come up and out. I want to talk about birth today. And I think birth has been on the mind. I have a couple of friends that are pregnant. I'm constantly still processing my births. And also it's birth time. It's springtime. And things are bursting and blooming and animal babies are being born and there's just so much birth happening. And also personally, I am on now the tail end of this two year rebirth cycle. And, um, it's been interesting that it has happened alongside the wonkiest time in our current history, (laughs) this, you know, Rona time. So yeah, I feel rebirth. I feel continuing, but I also feel like I've, I've really, you know, come out through, um, some gnarly shedding and deaths of self, of self expectations of other people's expectations, um, losing friendships, letting go of friendships, letting go of past way that I showed up in relationships, all of it, you know, there's so, there's so much to be rebirthed at the moment. Um, but what I really want to talk about in that realm of birth is physical human birth. And it's really interesting. I think I've shared a little bit maybe on here um, that birth is one of the biggest rites of passages that we as women go through. Also fathers do, of course, when you have a child, everything changes in an instant. That cliche is true. But for women, we grow this new creature that has a soul that comes in through us that we also give our DNA and that of the person we've partnered up with. Um, But there's so much magic to it that we don't even understand. Then we have the physical, which is the, you know, the really interesting, the zygote and the cell separating. And it's just a fascinating biological study 
first and foremost. And then we have on top of that, the layer of magic that we don't even understand and the soul connection and the soul contracts we have with this baby coming down possibly for lifetimes. Maybe it was our mother in a past life or grandmother. Maybe it's none of those things. It It's so personal. So as I speak on this subject, please know that I'm just making big generalizations because each one of you listening has a completely different life story, a completely different makeup, genetically, emotionally, spiritually, um, has a completely different life path and a completely different way you're going to do all of this. So, you know, these are just my thoughts in a moment on a topic. Um, and as we go through this rite of passage, there are parts of this journey that we can't describe to other people. We can't really talk about. And then there are other parts of the journey that we need to talk about and we need to be part of groups with and feel the sisterhood. And what's been really interesting to me to witness over these past couple of years, even before uh, the COVID situation, was just the birth world. You know, anything... In our current modern day society, I am now really, truly realizing is a business and the birth business is a big old business and I don't want to be part of it. And even in my postpartum care and work, uh, which is another topic, there's aspects of that. I don't want to be part of that part of it either um, because to me right now, my view, it's all a broken system. It's a broken system that I don't want to be playing into anymore. So even if I'm coming and bringing all this amazing healing and education, it's still within the box of a broken system. And I no longer want to be a part of that system. So it's a confusing time. It's also an exciting time. Women are choosing a lot of different paths and never has it been more apparent that you kind of have to choose now. You have to choose what you're choosing to believe, right? Because we're getting so much differing information on every single topic. So for the purpose of this conversation, I want us all to be able to think about birth as an awakening of sorts. It's a moment where we get to choose how we want to show up to meet ourselves, to meet the next iteration of ourselves. And it's tricky talking about these things because this is why I love my one-on-one coaching so much is because I can get really specific with each person, with each client I have based on their life. Um, because I can't go specific here, but I can go general. So there's what I look about my births, which I've shared on my podcast, my two different birth stories. But if I look at the birth of my first daughter, I learned a lot of really important lessons. And I've said, I've told you that that is why I became a postpartum doula because after the birth of my first, da- first daughter, I realized there was little to no help on the other side. And so that just became the niche I wanted to fill. That's where I wanted to serve women and help and help families because when you help the mom and the mother, you help heal the entire family unit, right? So on the one hand, I learned a lot of lessons that I needed to go to, you know, trial by fire, And yes, that's true. On the other hand, it's a broken ass system. So I did not know, or I did not know how to listen to the red flags that I was seeing. I did not yet know how to opt out, even with midwifery care. I did not know how to 
defend myself. I did not know how to show up for myself as I fully would now. I didn't know better. I was also, you know, almost 10 years younger. I just didn't know. I didn't know better. I didn't know the qu- all the questions to ask, even though I had done lots of research and lots of classes. And I felt like I had such a holistic, you know, kind of quote unquote alternative team. It's still an industry. And you only learn those things by doing it, right? By going through it. However, when there is a broken system and there is birth trauma, which almost, I would say, seven out of 10 women that I meet have birth trauma of birthing their children, not even to mention their own birth trauma with their mothers or their grandmothers or their great grandmothers, because certainly that is generational and that is held in all the nervous systems of our ancestors. And we have to remember like three generations ago, women were being tied to the bed and anesthetized. So let's just please know there's a lot of trauma that we all hold, no matter what it was like. Also there's trauma in home births and babies dying. You know, that's a big part of human life. Women and babies have died throughout history, right? Through the birth. Um, So I'm not just saying home birth is the only way, or I'm not saying hospital birth is the only way. I'm saying that we need to really learn to come back to ourselves because we are the ones that are birthing our babies. No one else is birthing our babies. Okay. When doctors say they're, they've delivered babies, it, it just makes my blood boil because they ain't doing shit except for being there and, and walking in to catch the baby. Right. A lot of the times at least. So a lot of this comes back to us empowering ourselves. But how do we empower ourselves when we've never done it before? And we don't know how to do that. And we weren't taught that by our mothers. And we weren't taught that by our aunties. We don't know. And so then hopefully we hire great birth support, whether that is an OB, and there are great OBs, whether that's a midwife, there are great midwives, great doulas. They're also not so great of all of those types of professions as well. So you also have to remember when it's people's professions, they have to protect themselves. They also don't know your soul contract. They don't know your story. They're here to show up and serve in their little cubicle of your life experience, right? So let's just take the example of a midwife. My midwife cannot tell me what to do. When it comes to shots I'm going to give my baby or not, or things I want to take maybe prophylactically for my health or possible bacterial infections during my pregnancy, they can't tell me what to do or not to do. They can give their advice, right? So it comes down to us knowing our own bodies and trusting our own research and trusting ourselves. Same in a hospital, knowing that you can refuse whatever they're bringing to you. You can refuse it. That's your right. We don't know that that's our right. Why? Because we're bullied and we don't question. We're taught not to question. So we don't question because we have a hierarchy that doctors know better than us. And guess what? They usually don't. Of course, there are times when we need surgeons, when we need, you know, immediate medical help. Of course, there's great parts of Western medicine. But we don't need it. We don't need a lot of the peer pressure and the bullying 
and the fear-mongering that exists very openly in the birth realm. And so I just want to really take home or have you take home, those of you that are pregnant or wanting to become pregnant, that this is truly a journey for you to step into the next version of yourself. And we, we tend to just focus on the baby and this life we're bringing forward. And we kind of ignore how massive it is for us. Like, yeah, we know, blah, 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 this will change. Like we see in the movies, we hear people complain about it, but we don't view it as this incredible moment in our life where we're in the chrysalis and we're changing and we're about to burst, right? We're about to bloom and how incredible it is. It's like, you know, I'm going from McLean to McLean 2.0. And then with the second kid, McLean 3.0. Because every time you have another kid, you also are new as a mom. It's a new dynamic. It's a new part of you from everything you've learned from your past kid. Um, and then the way you and your partner have changed, you and your husband, you and your wife, how you've changed through the journey of parenthood. You're new people now. You're new parents. You're a new couple. It's always evolving. It's always changing. And I just don't think we talk about it. Certainly as a society, we don't. Um, or when we do talk about it, it's always in the negative. But why don't we look at it as the positive? It's so incredible how we change. And we as humans tend to fear change more than anything. And yet that's literally the only constant <laughs> that we know of, right? It's like we fear the one thing we know is going to happen, which is change. I'd like to introduce you to a brand that I'm working with called Bamboobies, which is your one-stop shop for postpartum boobs. They've got awesome nursing bras made out of eco-friendly bamboo rayon, that really soft bralette material. It has a little clip down so you can easily nurse out in public without having to pull your entire shirt up. I love these. They come in lots of cute colors. They also have these great washable, reusable nursing pads, which come in different absorbency levels, which I think is so smart. So depending on where you are in your day, knowing your milk flow, you might need different absorbency levels. And those are great because you can reuse them. They're not those throwaway ones that also don't feel good on your boobs. They have a great nipple balm, which is totally organic, meaning you don't have to wipe it off to feed baby. It's made of extra virgin olive oil, beeswax, shea butter, marshmallow root, and calendula flower. It's really light. I've been using it on my hands. I really like it. It feels good. This is just great to have. Nipple balm is a must for nursing mamas. Must, must, must. Have a couple. Throw them around different places in your house. Have one in the diaper bag. Have one in your purse. Keep one in your car. Never enough nipple balm. And then they also have a morning sickness relief drink, which I really wish I'd had this with my first pregnancy when I was morning sick all day long, every day for seven months. This is ginger lemon, and you just add it right into water, and it looks so yummy. It tastes so good, so easy to use. I highly recommend checking these products out if you are an expectant mama or looking for any postpartum gifts for women in your life that you love. Check these out. I have a code for you. It's capital M. TM, which stands for Mother the Mother, capital MTM, which gets you 25% off site-wide. So if you're looking to add your postpartum toolkit, check Bamboobies out. So if there's anything that I can share on this topic, if you have questions, please reach out to me on Instagram, or you can always email me, hello at motherthemother.com, because I would love to know 
what you're needing in the birth sphere for those of you that are pregnant or those you're about to birth. And, you know, during COVID, it was really cool to see more and more women opening up to midwifery care, which is a completely different way to view the pregnant body in such a holistic way. I know so many women going to OBs and doctor's offices, they get so much anxiety before going to the doctor for the weigh-in, for the shaming, for the body shaming. Like it's crazy that that is happening at the levels it's happening. Midwifery care usually is a lot more relaxed. Maybe they don't even weigh you. Mine did want to weigh me, but I have a strict anti-weighing motto. I never weigh myself, never get on a scale, really triggers me. So she would weigh me, but I would always turn around, never hear a number, never see a paper, don't want to know. And you really don't want to know unless you're not gaining any weight or you're not gaining enough weight or you've been really sick and you're vomiting everything up or you're like gaining maybe over a hundred pounds, you know, like then that would be some information that something might else be going on. But we, we are able to opt out. We're able to question. And some of us don't know we can do that. And when I look back how I was 10 years ago, it astounds me that I wasn't speaking up for myself. And I'm a pretty vocal person on my rights, but I gave, I was letting my power be taken away from me in the birth realm because I just didn't feel confident that I knew what to do. I needed my people. I needed my team. Second baby, I knew that wasn't true because I'd gone through it. I knew I birthed my baby. It still fucking hurt. It was insane. (laughs) The physical feelings, the mental trip that I went to through my transition, still insane. Never want to do it again. And it also was the most incredible thing I've ever done in my life. And I will live my entire life knowing that I did that. I got that home birth. I closed that circuit from the trauma that I had with my first birth by trusting myself that I could do it in my second birth. And again, we never know how births are going to go. There's so much that is outside of what we see in the physical realm. In the 3D, there's so much going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. What we can know about and what we can try to control or navigate, I guess is a better word, is our part in it. Who we're having around us. Is it people that make us feel or help us feel empowered in our own bodies and choices? Is it people that are shaming us? Is it people we're embarrassed to ask questions around or think they're going to judge us or that we're not allowed to do something? You know, one beautiful thing I think has come through this crazy time is we've allowed ourselves or a lot of us have allowed ourselves to think outside the box. Everything we knew to be true that we've worked for, you know, in career and marriage and mortgages and cars, you know, getting to a certain place, creating our communities, our friendships, you know, all the things that we kind of like strive to. Then we, we had this big upheaval a thing that interrupted our normal life. And we saw, oh, wow, there are actually so many other possibilities. There's so many other ways to do this thing called life that I didn't even give myself the ability to even witness or acknowledge. Same goes with birth. So I urge you, I encourage you to let yourself feel into this. Let yourself feel into birth. If you're pregnant, ask your own 
parents or your own mom about your birth, the more you can learn about your own personal birth, it will serve you in birthing your children and your mother's birth and your grandmother's birth. All of that is really important information. If you can get your hands on it, if you, if they're still alive, ask these questions because we tend to repeat traumas that aren't healed. And I can do a whole podcast about it. It's incredible. The stories of birth witnesses and seeing how it shows up, you know, like the partner in the corner crying the second that his wife reaches the point in her dilation that he almost died at in his birth with his own mother. Like that's the intensity of how birth affects us all on a completely subconscious level. So the more you know, you can work through for both parents. And I've shared a little bit and hopefully I'll have her on the podcast in the future, but I attended a free birth. Oh, wait, let me back this up. Okay. So I've attended my own two births, kind of, you know, I was on another planet having an in and out of body experience with both. Before that, I had gone to one friend's birth like 15 years ago and it was very medicalized. It was here in LA in a hospital. Um, she was on drugs, you know, she's put on drugs immediately. She was super out of it. And they had put, not to be scary, this is, you know, please protect your ears if you are triggered by this or are pregnant. Um, they had put the suction on the baby's head. And when it popped off, which it sometimes does, it literally like out of a horror film sprayed blood on the nurses and the doctor. And it wasn't the baby's blood. It was just, you know, birth blood. So I sometimes faint when I see blood. So I fainted. This was a girlfriend. She, she was single. I wanted to be there with her support. I was up at the head. I was like, if I'm up at the head, I don't have to see anything that I don't want to see. Anyway, saw the splatter, fainted. Doctor runs over, gives me smelling salts. That was a very specific situation. It was super embarrassing. She was very confused. Then she ended up getting a C-section. I walk out to the hospital waiting room with like a popsicle looking completely gray. And her dad and sister and other of our friends were like, what happened? And I was like, I fainted. It was really embarrassing. Um, she ended up being fine and, you know, having a medicalized birth that, you know, I think she was fine with. Um so that was the only time I'd seen, that was my first birth. Okay. Then I have my birth in the hospital was a home birth transfer, birth center transfer. And then I had a home birth at my home with my second. Okay. So those are my three births. Then a couple months ago, a dear friend asked me to come be with her while she free birthed her baby, her second baby. And there were many scheduling things. I'd just been out of the country. It all aligned. My husband was still out of town at five in the morning. My babysitter picked up her phone. She and her boyfriend came over, watched the kids while I could go do this. Like all the stars aligned just beautifully. And it was a total God shot. We'd both been praying that it would work out, but also trusting that what was needed for the highest good for her birth would happen. And I'm just so grateful because I feel like I'm a changed person on the other side of it. So I show up and her husband was so grateful that I was there because I think he was under the impression that I knew what I was doing. Uh, but did I know? 
I was coming to bear witness to a dear sister birth her baby. That's what my job was. And the reason she asked me is because we're similar in a lot of ways. We go super inward. We have pretty strong, uh, well, she has very strong spiritual practices. I have pretty strong spiritual practices, but she, she has a specific lineage she follows. And it's very internal. She knew I would be quiet. She knew I wouldn't speak unless I felt really the need to, that we would be on the same wave, that I would let her go in. I wouldn't be pulling her out because she wanted that. That's why she wanted a free birth is to not be interrupted, to not be checked, to not be manipulated in any way. She wanted this to be completely organic. She was very much wanting to heal some pretty intense birth trauma that she had after the, uh, during and after the birth of her first child. And I knew that, and I wanted that so much for her because my second birth was that for me. And again, we can't project. And we talked about this. I fully knew that she was going to have the birth she was going to have, that maybe she needed to have, that maybe she wanted to have, and she did too. So we both really came into this with very open communication. She knew how I was around blood. If I needed to tap out, there's going to be no issue with that. There's going to be no resentment. Um, there was a midwife we could call for backup if needed. There was a hospital very nearby if needed. So the only way I could enter into the situation was knowing that she was steering the ship. She was not giving the ship over to me because I wasn't going to take the ship first of all, but she wasn't asking me to take the ship. She wasn't asking me to show up as a doula. She wasn't asking me to show up as anyone in the medical field. She was asking me to show up as a sister. And that is really interesting because it goes against all of our programming. And even me, someone that's been now in the birth world for 10 years um, and am quote unquote, you know, on the alternative continuum of it, I still was noticing all this programming that came up like, okay, well, I got to, got to talk to my midwife's friends and get this. So I know what to do. If this happens, I know how to do it, blah, 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 blah. I was already like trying to have my basis covered because I wanted to show up in the best way possible. And again, I had to remind myself, she's not asking that of me. She's not asking me to be a midwife. She's not asking me to be a doula. This is her birth. But even I was so programmed and am programmed. So it was really interesting, like deconstructing all this within myself. And so when I show up, I could tell she was already in transition. And again, we don't know dilation of anything. We know nothing. We know that her water's broken. I don't know. I don't even remember the hours, but the water broke maybe like four hours before this, three hours before this. That's all we know. And she's two weeks, quote unquote, before her due date, you know, estimated due date, but her first was early too. So anyway, um, I knew she was in transition cause she couldn't really talk to me. She couldn't really open her eyes. Like I just knew she was super, super in it. And she'd been labor for like three hours by now. And, um, it was really incredible. And of course, like I did end up doing some doula stuff. I did say things when I felt like she was kind of losing the, the thread. Um, And I remembered in my birth, my second and my home birth, I needed mentally to be roped back in at certain times. And it's really tricky because you don't know what that woman, when she can't communicate with you, you don't know where she is on her journey, where in the cosmos she is. 
So your words do really matter. And we just, it, that's why this stuff is so intuitive. Um, because you actually can really say the totally wrong thing to a birthing woman. Like that is actually a thing. You really can. You can like fuck it up. So I remembered, you know, during my birth and I would see kind of like, oh, I think I'm seeing that she is maybe where I was when I felt that and that these words were encouraging to me. So um, I did speak and then sometimes I was like, I really need not to speak. And I think maybe, you know, we, we kind of hashed it out after she felt that I had maybe sometimes said spoken a little bit too much but then she also was like that's actually though exactly what I needed to hear so it's like actually good that you said that so you know who knows but I I didn't speak a lot I didn't do what I think a lot of doulas do um and and trying to like serve the experience in the best way by filling a lot with you know essential oils and rubbing and and talking and meditating and a lot of people like all that but it does, it can really take you out of your own experience. And that's what was so cool to see about the free birth. So anyway, I'm just not shelling the story. There were like different parts of the journey, but I really just sat there and witnessed her and meditated. And, um, then she was in the bathtub for a long time and I was doing water. And then it ended up just being the two of us. The dad ended up taking the other, the other child out to get a little toy. Cause she kind of was not feeling the energy and um she birthed her baby she birthed her baby and the head was out for a couple of minutes and then she pushed and I caught him and then she like very gracefully maneuvered in this tiny bathtub and turned around and sat down and held him and she immediately was just like in love with him and he started nursing and crying and it was just, it was incredible. And then I just texted daddy and said, you know, like four minutes earlier, I said, I think he's coming soon. And then texted your, your son is here. And then, you know, witnessing him coming in, like the whole thing was just so incredible. And it changed me because it just is such a miracle. Every birth is such a miracle. This one hit me in such a heart space because it was so on the mom's own terms and to see her own it and know she could do it and trust herself and trust her body was so mind blowing. And then the fact that I could trust myself to be there and be her witness without trying to fix anything healed some stuff in me too. And gave me a new layer of confidence to hold space for people. So birth, man, <laughs> birth, birth is like nothing else. And it changes us. I think mostly for the better. It can definitely have some devastating effects on us. It pushes us to new limits. And it's why I'm doing the work that I'm doing. When I got into postpartum doula work, I would say to my friends, even before I was quote unquote, a doula, 
was I want to speak the truth. I want to share in real time the truth of this because we don't have to be scared of it. If we know what's quote unquote normal, we don't have to be scared of it, right? So that example, bleeding in your diapers for the first week, you know, like I did not know that was a thing until I was doing it. If we just knew that was a thing, we wouldn't be scared of it. And apply that to everything in motherhood. Like if we were all just sharing and learning in our village where everything was normalized because it's just based in biology and it's based on the stages of growing a human, birthing a human and rearing a human. It brings us together because we're all having more or less the same experience, right? I mean, the details are different, but the journeys are the same or very similar. So the same goes to birth. Like we need to be talking about this. We need to be looking at what birth does to us, to our relationships, to how we view ourselves, the labels we've put on ourselves or our parents put on us or our own programming. Like all of that really gets a good hit of dynamite. And that's why I say pregnancy can be the fastest spiritual journey you can ever go on if you are willing to go on it, if you're willing to show up in that way, because the lessons come fast and furious if you're ready to do it. And usually most of us are pretty motivated to do it because we want to heal our own traumas. We want to heal our own shit, so to speak, so we don't pass it on to our babies. These precious, gorgeous, magical light beams that have come into our lives. We don't want to burden them with all of our shit. But we do when we haven't healed it. And part of that is just parenthood. And we just have to know that we're going to do that because we're learning as we go. And as they move through their stages and ages and developments, we get triggered. We get triggered a lot as parents. And that's our opportunity to either head down, keep doing the familiar, maybe the toxic thing, or we're saying, ew. I'm ready to really change now. I got skin in the game. I want to change. I want to do this work. So that's why babies can be our gurus. They can be our highest gurus because they are getting us to look at ourselves. They're getting us to change when we wouldn't otherwise. Right? Like, you know, when things happen in your life and like, you know, you kind of need to work on that or heal that, but you know, life is busy. You got work, you got all the things And then something happens. There's a life moment where the universe makes it happen for you. God or the universe does for you what you could not do for yourself. And that's what birth often is. And it's a beginning point. It's a beginning point on that journey. But I want us all, and it's so beyond hospital birth or home birth, OB care versus midwifery care. It's so beyond that. It's really, why don't we trust ourselves? Why do we give our power away? And you can apply this to every topic. Why do we trust the experts over ourselves? Why do we trust a book over our innate knowing? I'm pretty sure a man with a PhD doesn't know what it feels like for me to birth my baby, right? 
Yeah, people ha- can have great insights, great studies, good information. Motherhood is a whole other playing field. And that's what I'm interested in. That's why I'm doing mother the mother coaching because it doesn't, it's not do these 10 steps and you get this because that's not authentic. People do that. People write a lot of birth books. I mean, birth and now postpartum, it wasn't 10 years ago. They're big business. People are buying a lot of products, a lot of expensive products, a lot of expensive services to be told what's right and what's not right. And the whole reason my business is called Mother the Mother is because I'm helping you mother. I'm supporting you so that you can mother to the highest of your capability. You can mother how you want to mother. And people, not everyone likes that. I mean, clients used to really be drawn to me and I had like a good name and I was recommended, but I could tell when they wanted someone to come in and tell them what to do. They wanted to be told everything what to do. And I'm the anti that I'm the anti telling you anything to do. (laughs) I can give you advice. This helps heal this. This helps do this. This might work. Okay. That doesn't work. Let's try this. But I am never going to tell someone what to do except to follow themselves. And not everyone's ready for that. Not everyone wants that. It's scary. Because we've lived most of our life being told not to do that and we're not capable of it. And we need to trust the experts. We need to trust the science. Why not trust mothers? Why not trust women's bodies that know how to do this? Why not give ourselves the space and time to learn about that side of ourselves that maybe we're meeting for the first time when we're pregnant or even before we're pregnant or at our birth, or sometimes we meet her after we've gone into mother. And that's a whole other journey. That's a whole other rite of passage is the journey from maiden to mother. Because it all changes when our baby is out of our bodies, but it also means we have to heal on the emotional, spiritual level as well. It's not just the physical. That's why my postpartum care was always holistic, mind, body, spirit. You can't just heal the physical form. You've just gone through this massive rite of passage that not a lot of people are even talking about. Don't even want to look at the emotional, spiritual aspect of bringing life forward. And this is sacred work. It's important work. For any of those of you that are drawn to birth, I commend you. It's awesome. And I also really urge you to look at your own birth traumas and your matriarchal line because we usually are drawn to the things that we need to heal. That applies to doctors, therapists, pretty much everything. We are drawn to the things, even subconsciously, that we need to heal. So it's a real big thing in birth work. You see a lot of people that haven't done the inner work.
there's codependency, there's wanting to fix it, there's wanting to do it for women. And you, you, you rob birthing women of their experience when you're trying to manipulate in any way, shape, or form their experience. Same applies to the journey of death, right? And death doula work. We have to learn as a society to hold space for each other for actually what is happening, not trying to change or fix anything. By letting the biology of the body do its magic. We'd be so much better off in so many ways. So anyone about to birth, anyone who is in full bloom, I'm so excited for you because you are about to go through such a massive rite of passage, such a ceremony, one of the biggest rituals that you'll ever experience in your life. And it's so momentous and incredible. And you will meet the new you on the other side. So I wish you so much love, grit, grace as you move through it. And those of you listening on the postpartum side, who had magical, amazing births, please know what a gift it is. What a gift from the universe that you received that. And now you get to pay that forward. You get to help illuminate to the women in your life, lives that they can do it too. And you can share your positive stories. And we have to get over this thing. I see it so much in social media. When people share their positive birth stories, there's like a deluge of jealousy. And, well, I couldn't have that because of this. Like, we have to be able to celebrate the positives, you know? And I see it when there's unhealed trauma. Because we're not taking ownership for our own part of the journey. Right? We need to learn how to celebrate other people's wins, other people's incredible births. And a lot of times we're jealous because we didn't see the red flags. We didn't advocate for ourselves. We didn't know better. We have to give ourselves grace. We have to forgive ourselves. But that was part of our journey because that's what happened. That was part of our karmic life journey. And then now that we know better, we can do better, right? Because this is this thing. This is the sisterhood. Like it's not just some cute cliche t-shirt. Be in the sisterhood. The sisterhood is sharing the truth with each other. That is how we are going to heal. That's how we're going to bring up our daughters and our sons in such a healthier way now. Because we can speak the truth. What's so scary to kids is to not know the truth because they're going to fill any gaps and what they know is going on with their own imaginations. And as children, everything is already geared developmentally in a self-centered way. So that's where all that self-blame comes from. You know, you hear the stories of like parents getting divorced and the kids blame themselves for the divorce. And of course we know in our brains, like that's insane. Why would they ever think that? It's because that's how the child brain works. If we don't tell them otherwise. So I'm excited that we get to raise our kids now knowing that Women and mothers are totally capable of birthing our babies, birthing them at home. 
trusting our bodies. All the self-talk that they hear in our homes matters. How you act on your moon cycle when you get your period, the way you talk about your body, your thighs, your ass, your sagging boobs. They're listening to everything. Just know your kids are listening to literally everything you say. So it's time to heal the parts of you where you speak horribly to yourself, where you speak horribly to your spouse, where you speak horribly to your body. It's time to change that behavior. We get to birth our babies. We get to nurse our babies. We get to grow our babies. Every day is truly a miracle. Is every day easy? Hell no. Hell no. Especially now. It's like every day there's something new to navigate. But the beauty is we're doing it and we are busting up generational unhealthy patterns. We're busting them up right now. That's what's happening. So stay fierce. Stay strong. Stay in your grace. Silence can be super powerful. Speaking up can be super powerful. Holding the line. Not over explaining yourself to anybody. You don't need to. Your intuition is enough. Your knowing is enough. You saying yes is enough. You saying no is enough. Trust that. Sacred boundaries. That is what is being called up right now. We are in a moment. We are in a tidal wave. I see it so clearly. I feel it so clearly. The waves are turning with our matriarchal lines. We are healing so much of our past lines right now. We are healing so much in our own bodies and our spirits right now. The souls coming in are like, boom, powerful, boom, boom. We got sacred work to do and we're here and we're doing it. And for whatever reason, we've made a soul contract to be alive right now. Human life has always been difficult. It always has. We have just been, we have just been under the sleepy silence that everything that we were kind of concentrating on was the thing. And then there's like a whole other backlog of things that we weren't paying attention to that now we're looking at. So you're doing it. I see you. I hear you. I love you. I'm walking this path with you. Stay strong. Envision the life you want to be living. Be the mom and the woman you want to be. Each day, just work on that one little step forward to get you where you want to go. I'm here for you. Please reach out. I've got Mom Club. I've got Sovereign Society. I've got one-on-one coaching. I'm here for you. I love you. J-Ma. J-Ma.